When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles. Brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Our guest for this edition of Americana Music Profiles is Brad Loretti. Brad has been performing and recording under the stage moniker This Frontier Needs Heroes for the last 10 years. His fifth album, Go With The Flow, has just been released, and the single, South Dakota, is a finalist in the Chris Austin Songwriting Contest for Merlefest 2020, which has been moved forward till September 2021. Join Brad and I for this interesting conversation about his music and his career. Hello, Brad. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how you doing? Good. Thanks for taking the time to, to jump in here with us this afternoon. Hey, it's my pleasure. So you are a, uh, see if I got this right, New York native, and uh, I think you told me a few minutes ago you're uh, in Connecticut, but is New York home, or was home? It was for most of my adult life, but I also, I lived in Jacksonville, Florida for a while, and the last few years I was living in Nashville before uh, the pandemic stuff happened. Sure, yeah, okay. So give me a little bit of uh, background on your uh, musical journey. How, how did all of this start for you? Was it a childhood thing, uh, late teens? Uh, when, when did it when did it click for you? You know, I started playing in bands with my friends in high school. Like, you know, I started, I didn't even start playing guitar until I was like 13. And, you know, so we had bands in high school. And then I went to, I didn't really start writing seriously until I was, in college, like, 18 or so. Okay. And then I had a few bands, you know, in my 20s, and then eventually, and then I had, actually was doing a duo for a long time with my sister, and then I kind of whittled down to just me, you know, especially with touring and stuff. Sure. It was kind of, you know, a solo artist game. So, you know, it had on all different configurations and it just you know this is kind of how it's evolved <laughs> <Just> me, <you know. laughs> has it um, what kind of musical influence did you have as a as a child growing up did, musical family or is it uh, did, where, where did my the, dad yeah my dad played piano but not really like not much um, it was he just kind of 
you know, growing up in an Italian American house, we just listened to Frank Sinatra all the time. Okay. And my my mom was from South Carolina, and so she always loved like the Eagles and the Almond Brothers. Okay. Yeah, you know, stuff like that from the seventies, and so it was kind of. I would say those were my biggest influences when I was a kid, but then. Really, when I started, honestly, it was, and I know everybody says this, but when I heard Woody Guthrie is when I really started thinking, wow, I could I could write a song. And huh. that's when I started, you know, it felt more accessible. Yeah, now, you know? yeah, okay. And that was kind of my next point for writing. The, um... The new record, uh, "Go with the Flow," uh, the the tracks that I've heard has a uh, country-ish, alt country kind of a rootsy feel. Has that always been a genre for you? I uh, was it more more folk style like Woody Guthrie in the beginning. I would say. I mean, I I always kind of view it as a continuum, like just the way I view like you know, Americana-related genre, but I would say it's kind of, this one's definitely the most country-tinged of my record, for okay. sure. Okay, I think part of that was working with um, Johnny Erian and living in Nashville and just, you know, for the last few years, I was just going out to see live music every night. And but I think as you go through the record, you kind of, delve into some of the indie folk sort of genre too you know I try to make every album be kind of like different and you know so it's not like right and the same sort of vibe you know and so the the um the the heading the band name the title that you have recorded this under um this frontier needs heroes. Is that new for this project or has that been the configuration that you've recorded under for a while? Yeah, no, that's, that's what I've been going under for the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Uh, okay. It my fifth album under that name. And, uh, like I said, it started off as a duo and it's been different people over the years, personnel, I, every every album I had a different group of musicians and like a different studio and different engineers and just different collaborators working on it but ultimately I'm kind of you know the, the songwriter and you know so that's the thread that weaves throughout yeah. the album when you get to play out do you is it is it still solo or do you try to get a band together I mean, when I'm doing local gigs, I or you know, as the occasional wedding gig, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll always put put a band together. But uh, I've been on the road the last couple of years; it's just been me, okay, and doing the listening room house concert circuit. Sure, you know, doing two two full set, couple hours of just storytelling and telling jokes, and so I got a pretty pretty good one man show going. Yeah. Okay. The um, I, I I love the title. This frontier needs heroes. Where did that come from for you originally? That was 
Originally, Keenan was inspired by what Woody Guthrie used to write on his guitar, which was, this machine kills fashion. Okay. <laughs> right, yeah, I remember that. Or like what um, Pete Seeger wrote on his banjo, this machine surrounds uh, hate and turns it into love. And so I just, it was kind of like, a, you know, a more current take on that kind of idea uh-huh. that, you know, the guitar was was a uh, force for good right. in the world. It almost and, feels like a, or sounds like a mission statement of sorts. Absolutely. And I'm inviting everybody to, to join along, you know, grab a guitar and let you know, yeah. change the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your songwriting process. How how does that unfold for you? What do you have a, a method? Is it more organic? What does that look like? Well, for the most part, I kind of like you know I'm out there living my life in the world, which you know the last few years has been pretty crazy, traveling all over Europe and North America, and I kind of like usually come up with ideas like just will come to me. But usually what I do is I end up sitting down at some point when, when I'm not doing anything else and kind of just write out all the songs. You know, I just sit there okay, in a big spurt. Huh. And uh, the last couple of years, I, I started this project called Dexton Kennedy Songwriter Residency in Fruit Cove, Florida. That's right outside St. Augustine in Jacksonville. Okay. And Stephen Kennedy was like a local hero. He was a journalist and an activist, and he was actually friends with Woody Guthrie. Oh, cool. And Woody, okay. yeah, Woody used to come to the house, and he wrote over 88 songs there. Wow, and so, okay. Yeah, so four years ago, I partnered with them, and I did a songwriter residency where I just stayed there for two weeks. And I basically wrote a whole album worth of songs while I was there. Huh, that's neat. And that was my last album, Real Job. And then, you know, over the, I actually went back to summer and wrote a whole other album, too, which is going to be my next album. Oh, so it's already in the can. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I know a lot, a lot of people have had some, you know, some downtime this year. Sure, right. <laughs> And I just was lucky enough to be able to be productive with it. But yeah. like having that space, that mental space away from my normal life, you're just sitting there for two weeks and no distractions, that has been a huge catalyst for me as uh-huh. far as writing. Yeah. And actually one of the, the new songs on this record, South Dakota uh, is a finalist in the Chris Austin songwriting contest at Merle Fest. Right, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, looks like it's working. <laughs> yeah, right, that, that's awesome. Um, you, you mentioned getting a chance to spend a lot of time playing and touring in Europe. Did, did you, uh, is there a particular um, area there that you felt more fond of than another? It, it, is the music received differently in different places as you travel there? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think 
every country has is different. Like, you know, you have Scandinavia and Germany and I've toured in Spain and Portugal and Italy and Switzerland and all over and but I think typically for what I'm doing it's basically there's like these promoters who are kind of organizing their scene in their town for, you know, American songwriter you know, artists like me. And so they already kinda of have their little cultivated crowd of people and so every you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm, whether I'm in Italy or I'm in Sweden, I'm getting an audience of people who want to listen, who love songwriting. And so I'm really lucky in that regard. You know, you, yeah. it, it's, it's just an amazing um, experience, you know. Do you find that any of those folks have... Um know you when you get there or or is it more of your uh you're a new um a new artist to to them i some of them do but i it is kind of like the um the promoters are the are kind of like the taste makers okay. are like they're, yeah. they're going out there discovering the new kind of like lesser known artists and the audience comes to them and trust their their kind of judgment. You know, they're yeah. not to see. But I've I've been going back for years now, so I am getting you know repeat uh, customers. Yeah, and people that I see every time, you know, that I come through. So that's also. Do you have a cool. Do you have a particular style of venue that that you prefer when you when you get out to play? I mean, at the end of it, I really love house concerts. Yeah, Because, cool. you know, because especially when you're on tour for a long time and you're driving around all over the place and then you have to find some place to eat. And then, but when, you know, you go and you play a house concert in Italy and the food's already on the table <laughs> and you're looking at the balcony and your bed's right there. and <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, they take good care of you. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, was this, were you able to have this be a full-time uh, lifestyle for you prior to COVID, and then did that did that interrupt that? Well, over the years, you know, every once in a while, I, I, I would have to, like, you know, stop and get a job and stuff. But the last three years, I haven't had a job outside of music in the last three years. Okay. But needless to say, I'm probably looking for a job now. <laughs> yeah, like like unfortunately, uh, a big majority of the music industry, it's uh, it's frustrating, I'm sure. The, it is. You know, I mean, we're in the same boat that a lot of people are. Yeah, so yeah. What can you do? Yeah. I mean, I wish there was... Um, you know, we're, there's a lot of, I know, organizations like Neva and that are trying to get the word out to people to try to communicate, like, the dire, you know, situation that the live music industry really is in. And we're at a point that if we don't intervene and help them, I mean, <laughs> every week there's some venue that I play that that I'm seeing is going out of business. 
Wow. Yeah. That's... And that would be discouraging. Yeah, for sure. Because I know if even if I personally, you know, survive this, I know a lot of my partners in the industry are not going to survive that. And so what, when this, when things go back to normal, what is that going to look like? Right. Yeah, and what is normal going to be anymore? I, I understand, and it's it's just it's um, disheartening to to watch the venues um, finally have to let go and just just call it because they can't they can't maintain anymore. And whenever we can, whenever artists can get back out on the road, then it's all it was already hard enough to find places to play, um, just just anyway. And so yeah, it's going to be a real readjustment uh, I, I would like to think it's going to be a uh, um, a re uh, explosion or re-emergence of the music industry I hope we can save it in time that um, it just blows back in a big kind of way but we'll see yeah I, I want to be optimistic and I but I I think if we don't do something at a national level, it's going to be, it's going to take years for things to come back. Right, I agree. Yeah. And people who, you know, who are doing the good work, who are the ones who are organizing the shows, who are paying the rent on these venues every month. Sure. They were struggling in good times. Right, I know, I know. A yeah. lot of people do that, but, you know, well, it certainly uh, it certainly brings a whole uh, different meaning to your um, to your title. This frontier needs new heroes. <laughs> We're going to need some yeah. of those uh, just just to save the music industry. I'm afraid. Well, I think it's one one difference between Europe and the states is that in Europe, a lot of these places that are playing are like cultural institutions, right. non-profit, social clubs, places that weren't really operating on a fully, like, free market basis. You know, they had institutional support. Right, right, yeah. And in America, you know, you have people who are trying to run a small business in the worst possible scenario. Yeah. And we're basically just saying, oh, well, if you can't succeed, you're on your own. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Which I think community support is going to be like really important. Sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We have to ask ourselves what kind of world do we want to live in post pandemic, and then we have to pay for it. Right. Right. Yeah. I. I, I just I, put burden on a small business owner and just say, "Oh, good luck. Sorry, you couldn't. You couldn't hack it." Yeah. No, I yeah, I, I think you make a really good point, and I, I would like to see or hope or or, or soon see that uh, some sort of um, strategies in place for because I mean we'll we'll get to the end of this at some point in some way, um, and and when when the gate gets open, uh, if we all are standing there just kind of staring at each other, going okay, let's go do this, and we don't know what we're gonna do, you know, it's like it's almost we need a game plan of some kind in place so that we can we can get back to work. Um, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, right now my game plan is promote this new album and see what happens because I, there's just no way to play it. 
Right. Cause, right. Because you don't have a date. Right. Yeah. Are you, well, we don't know. We don't work. We don't know when things are going to go back to normal. Every state is different. Yeah. You know. It's yeah. Like there's so many variables. I'm kind of just like. At a certain point, I just bit the bullet and said, you know what, I'm just going to release this album, and then, because we just don't, and, and then, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. On. Yeah. Well, it's it's certainly a um, it's a, certainly a, a forward thinking um, perspective move to to do everything you can that you can think of to ha- to be ready. Uh, you've got new music uh, out there. You've got another one that you're, you're kind of ready to go. So when it when you can get back out there, then you've got something to move into and start playing into, instead of waiting for permission to go create. You know, you're you know, you're creating on one end so that you can go deliver on the other. So that, that's certainly what I find a lot of musicians are doing, which is great. At least the material is there so that there's uh, there's some... I, I just think when the when the fog gets lifted, there's going to be so much really awesome music um, being offered yeah. again to the public that it's uh, when we can get there, it's going to be a very exciting time to just hear all this new music that has come out of this out of the darkness almost, you know? So I, I'm, I'm glad that folks like yourself have continued the process and, and um, we certainly are uh, praying and sending good thoughts and energy out there into the, to the world that, that we can all, all listen and create and enjoy together very soon. That's for sure. I mean, that's the, you know, the, the worst part about all this is not having those, get-togethers where you're all, everybody's sitting in the room sharing the, that experience of live music. Right, know? right. And, and, you know, so, well, I know we're trying to do it with live streaming and right. all sorts of things. Yeah. And yeah. With me, it's, <laughs> you can't, you can't replace that same no, the the energy the energy coming from the stage, and I'm sure the energy coming from the audience back to the stage is is something you cannot, you can't bottle that and put it on a two dimensional screen. You know, I'm glad we at least have the the mechanism to to do what's out there now in the live streaming process, but that doesn't replace the live audience artist interaction for sure. Yeah, I did a live stream last week where I actually. You know, partnered with a, uh, it, it was like an, an art district, um, kind of like a native stage with sound. And there was no audience there, but just going to the stage, getting on the stage, I had a sound person doing it. I'm like, okay, cool. This feels like normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Instead yeah. of me just trying to do it in some interesting location. Yeah. 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 Right. Or from my house. <laughs> right. <laughs> my couch. Well, the the new record is Go With The Flow. Is it officially out, or are you still releasing singles? Yeah, I'm going to be releasing singles for the rest of this year, and the full album will come out January 20th. Okay. But the deal is, I, I kind of evolved to this. If you buy the album, you get it now. Ah, cool. Okay. But if you don't buy it and you're going to stream it, you got to wait for the singles and then... Yeah. Okay. That's a good. As a way to you know incentivize people to to buy the album. Sure. It's kind of a strategy. The whole streaming thing is like 
revolves around uh, releasing singles. Right, you know, right. Yeah. But that's the way it works. So I'm kind of doing like a hybrid model. Okay. You know, I have Kickstarter people who funded the album, and they're getting it first. And then if you pre-order it, then you, then you get it. Okay. And uh, then you got to wait. And if uh, if the listeners wanna they wanna purchase the record they wanna they wanna hear a couple of songs reach out to you what's the best way to do that? You can do go to my website thefrontiernewheroes.org or to my Bandcamp page right now. Under the same name or under your name? The band yeah, camp. under this new heroes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. So the first single is already out. You can to go with the flow on. Spotify or Apple Music or wherever. And then the next single, South Dakota, is going to come out October 30th. Okay. Cool. Cool. Good. Well, thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. Definitely uh, wish you the best, uh, as with all all musicians, and... uh, and wish you the best with the record and the and the single releases and um hopefully we'll we'll find a way to to sit in an audience uh with your music here sometime soon sounds good man thank you appreciate it thanks again for tuning in to this episode of americana music profiles find us on itunes at americana music profiles and on the internet at americana rhythm.com It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.